Welcome to the Launch With Words podcast with your host, Bridget Willard. We're going to talk about all things content, blogging, articles, videos, whatever has words and goes on your website. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Launch With Words. This is season two, episode eight with my very good friend, Carol Stephen. Carol, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. It's a wonderful day. We just had a big rainstorm and we're in the middle of a drought, so we're very happy. Yeah, that's good. And I love the way it smells after the rain. Oh, yeah. It's just, Everybody just loves going outside after the rain. It just feel it smells so fresh and clean and it's just yeah. wonderful. Gets yeah. all the pollen out of the air. So when it comes to like your small, I mean, I know like you have roots in technical writing mm-hmm. and you've worked with a lot of startups in the, in the Silicon Valley area of the Bay Area of California, mm-hmm. and, but you also work with small businesses. So a lot of times you're doing the writing, but I imagine sometimes people are like, where do I even start? I mean, what is your advice to small businesses who know they need to be blogging? Like, we've said it enough. Like, how do they even start? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think the number one thing is they have to find their audience. So they need to know who their audience is. Like, who is that person in the middle of their target? Um, and I think for some people, that's probably changed since they started their business and they might not have revisited who their audience is. So if it's been two or three years, I really recommend that people revisit figuring out who their tar- target audience is. Now, yeah. you don't necessarily have to pay somebody to help you do this, but you you know you could find somebody who's just outside your business and someone who'll be honest with you to give you some advice. Yeah, that's really important. Um, Mm -hmm. Rhonda with Fat Dog Creatives and I are doing a presentation at our small business chamber um, Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. And we're like, your website has to talk to your customer. It's not about you. And then we both said that to each other. And then we both went and looked up our own websites really (laughs) quick. Well, that's right. Because I was thinking about my own business and it's changed so much. Um, So... I mean, this is something that I'm telling myself as much as I'm telling the person listening to this, that um, that person that you were targeting is not the same person. And that that goes for everybody. So a refresh is good. Even if it is the same audience, it's it's a good reminder to do this exercise to figure out who that person is. So, yeah, for sure. So once you know that your audience is uh, like property managers, for example, how do you... um, find those topics to, you know, to, to write about that will resonate with property managers? Well, I think one thing that really helped me was figuring out who my target audience is, you know, what they look like specifically. And that means like physically, what do they look like? Okay. But also socially, what do they look like? And psych, psychographically what do they look like wow so that means and that's probably the most important thing is knowing what people believe what they dream about what their fears are what their desires are that kind of thing um and that's beyond you know the the very basic thing of knowing 
the demographics, you know, like <clears throat> age and sex and race and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's the invisible ones. Can you give us an example of when, uh, what that would look like for someone? Like psychographically, that's, that's a 75 cent word, Carol. Like I've never <laughs> heard that, but it makes so much sense. I think Seth Godin used that word. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> How do they think? We're going to look at the them way, psychographically. <laughs> here's an actionable tip, and that is to go and look at Seth Godin Look at some of his videos on YouTube, um, and that will help you a lot. So figuring out those pain points, you know, like your audience, do they have a good grasp of technology? How do they spend their free time? Um, and how do, does your product or service fit into that person's life? Yeah. Yeah, those so, are know, all good questions. You may have to go and, and do a um you know, a questionnaire or something with some of your top audience members um, to figure out some of these questions. You know, what are the answers to these? What health issues do they have? Yeah. And we do evolve. Like, I love that you're talking about essentially that persona document or mm -hmm. those personas and then evolving them. So like, you know me, I'm bullish on Twitter. And I've, I've, I've said so many times that personas are basically legitimized stereotypes. But at the same time, I always say, of course, you have to have a persona, but you also need to reevaluate it. And that's why I love Twitter, because you can see how people have changed, even how they're speaking within your own industry, and the problems that they're having, you know, like COVID has completely shifted the way we think about the houses we want, just because a lot of knowledge workers are working at home and they're going to always work at home because they right. choose it. Right. So now they need that third bedroom. But what if you have two people that both need an office and they can't be in the same room because they're driving each other banana pants, <laughs> banana pants. Yeah. Another 75 cent word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for people, you know, in the real estate market, it's important to have an outdoor area and you can move your office outside or at least work outside a little bit of the time when the weather is good. Yeah. So that's something that people could do. Yeah. So once the small business owner is like, okay, I've been doing this for a while. I, I'm, I've reevaluated who Bob is. He goes by Robert now because he wants to be viewed as more of an adult. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still watching science fiction, but really he just subscribes to Disney+. Plus. And his big problem as a property manager is he doesn't want to have to deal with all these, um, you know, uh, electrical, you know, energy costs, the, the energy costs being so high, right? So you're a window film company, for example, mm -hmm. and yep. how do you, how do you reach Robert, who's having to deal with high energy costs uh, managing his facility? We always talk about energy saving as well as cost saving. And cost saving is something that it doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic or not. Everybody is interested in saving money. Yes. So that's got to be one of the top things that you talk about, no matter what field you're in. You know, how does this product save you money? You know, and if you can make that an emotional topic or you can somehow um, create some humor around the topic, that also helps. Yeah. You know, so we tend to have a lot of funny um, 
content. You know, the blog posts are often funny because, you know, at a certain point, you're just repeating yourself when you're talking about something like window film. And a lot of these niche topics are like that. Yeah. You have to find a new angle. And you're really good with using humor um, with uh, throughout content marketing. So like, okay, so yesterday, now this dates this episode, but last night, Will Smith um, basically bitch slapped uh, Kevin Hart on the stage of the Oscars. And right. I've already seen on Instagram this morning, three memes just from businesses here in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> I mean, like everything can be a joke and it's never like too soon anymore. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was like five hours ago, you guys. Right. There used to be like a certain amount of time before people felt safe to talk about it. But I think with the rise of social media, that time has really decreased. And also people are on a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, I mean, how do you use humor in a, in a good way with, you know, you like a service-based business? Um, what I find is that you write the blog post or whatever you're you're creating first, and then you inject humor into it. Ah, aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, I, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and then you have to you have to be really careful with humor because it can backfire. Oh, for sure. As as Will Smith found out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke about anybody's wife ever. And then you're right. fine. But like Especially if they're sitting right there in the audience looking dude, at you. <laughs> I was like, I really liked her outfit, but like her face said more than Will Smith's slap. Yes. <laughs> Poor thing. Yes. But you know, that's the thing is humor is tricky because we all have different things and as it gets closer to our reality, it feels more offensive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um but but it's Nobody wants to read technical papers, you know? Right, right. So what I would do is create some kind of, um, it doesn't have to be a manual, but just a few things that you're not going to talk about or you're not going to write about. So I think it's important to have empathy for your audience. Yeah, that's really where the humor comes in. Like you can, I feel like it's one thing to make fun of yourself. It's a mm-hmm. totally different thing to make fun of other people. Right. But you could like, you know, do a Dave Letterman top 10 reasons why you like paying high energy bills. You know, <laughs> you could do the opposite, you know, yeah. Uh, instead it's more, it's more like casual and fun. It's not like you really do hate the world and want to ruin the environment. <laughs> like it could be like just top level like that, but it could be a little more engaging and people are like, Oh wow. I didn't know that I could get an insulation that has a higher R value or whatever like that, you know? Right. Um, and it's always adding a little, knowledge in there but making it funny too like using more casual language yeah so for people that are looking to hire someone to write for them because they're like you know they're doing their own yoga studio they're doing pilates classes Mm -hmm. that's that's what consumes most of their time their own business development you know creating the flows for example and how does that person even go and find a a freelance uh, writer like yourself, how do they even start that journey to find someone to write for their business? I would talk to friends and then, you know, friends of friends. Yeah. 
And just you can go them. online and start seeing, you know, like who is writing about this. I mean, Google's your best friend. You have a library in your pocket. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, man. I, it's just come a long way since the uh, microfiche and a roll of dimes, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, definitely. But uh, so like when, when a client comes to you, do you have mm-hmm. a qualification process or do you do test projects? How does that work? Um, it's important for me that I don't have to talk them into my services. Like I want that person to already be qualified when they contact me at this point. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to talk to somebody who needs to be convinced about the power of social media. I mean, 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. You know, but now there's no way, especially after the pandemic, people really uh, have realized how important it is. Oh, for sure. I'm the same way. I'm like, listen, I'm not evangelizing you to Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. I've written some blog posts. If you don't like money, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want people to see your stuff or you just don't care like about yeah, your business no. at all? Yeah. And I usually know like right away off the bat if, if um, they don't believe in social media or they don't see how powerful it is. I mean, how do people find you? Yeah. <laughs> but when they say word of mouth, I'm like, what do you think social media is? Yeah, exactly. Just a bunch of Will Smith memes today. But like, <laughs> you know, two years ago was some other meme, you know? Right. It's just a, a Karen meme or whatever. It's You know, I, I feel like the pandemic has really intensified our use of humor as a coping mechanism. Oh, for sure. And It'll be interesting to see how it, that changes after the t- pandemic's completely over. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how much our society's been indelibly changed by our isolation, you know. And so that's why I feel like even more important now than ever it is to to be top of mind. I mean, mm-hmm. even even here in San Antonio. Um, People are finally going to like chamber events in person mm-hmm. and like the small business council I'm on, we're finally having in-person meetings, but they were all virtual before, you know, they were still mm-hmm. virtual. And, and even when you're with the other people and you have a mask, you don't see all of those smiles. Right. You know, so we've, we've lost a lot of what makes us relate to other people and other mm-hmm. businesses and so I feel like it's even more important to convey that through imagery and words on your website and social. Um, how do you think it's changed with people posting, um, you know, on LinkedIn or Twitter? Have you seen any of that really change uh, in the last couple of years with small businesses? I think empathy is more important than ever. Um, and if somebody's bullying somebody else, for example, that doesn't go over. You know, people are, are quick to jump in and um, and help that person. Yeah. I think that's that's become more evident over the last couple of years, you know, because like everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, who is the person in the middle of your target? Mm-hmm. How do they think? And how do they feel? And what are they afraid of? It's like almost like method acting, would you say? 
Yeah, you really have to get inside the skin of that person. You have to figure out what's important to them and then find out how you can help that person. Yeah. It doesn't matter so much that it's your service, but you, you know, you can talk about other things that are going to be important or that are pain points. Yeah. What do you feel about more personal blogging when it comes to a business owner? I mean, I know like some of my clients appear on podcasts and they talk a little bit about why they started their business Mm -hmm. and how they started their business, where they went to school and things like that. I mean, does any of that, is that valuable or is it too much? I think it is valuable because you never know what it is that's going to make somebody hire you or buy your service or product. And I think it is valuable. I mean, of course, if you're a Nazi, maybe Maybe don't talk about that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think well, it's valuable. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's, I think people are reluctant to give up personal details. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like, there's got to be something. If you like golfing, then just say yeah. you go golfing. If and you're then, crazy about dogs. Yes. And then know? it gives us something to talk to you about because, yeah. you know, a lot of times you, you come across a business on social and they go to their website and it's just like, meh, meh. right. Exactly. So like show some personality. There's gotta be something you're willing to tell us. Like don't put your social security number up there and um, stop doing the date of birth things on Facebook. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it'd be nice to know, you know, if you, if you're, you know, watching March Madness or mm-hmm. if your people already left or if you prefer a, a latte or a chai latte or you don't even drink tea at all, you're just all about mineral water. Like, who yeah, are I, you? I think those things are, are valuable to share. You know, for example, when I was thinking about my own target audience, um, it started out a lot older and it was mostly women who weren't very tech savvy. And then um, it, my whole audience became younger, more tech savvy, and it included a lot of startups. And now I'd say my target audience, my target market are mostly Asian. And okay. I really love that. So, you know, it's a way for me to go back to my roots and figure out what it, where I came from. And it's just so interesting to see how things change. So as you, the business owner, are evolving, your priorities evolve, and mm-hmm. that's sort of reflected in the persona that, of the people that you're working with. Yes, exactly. Wow. And you don't know what it is that's going to attract people. That's so true. I mean, when I first started, it was, it was all about WordPress people. I don't have, I have one WordPress client. Wow. Yeah. And the, my other tech client is it is sort of WordPress adjacent, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not it's really for um, Jamstack. So like my my biggest client is a big data company, and my second mm-hmm. biggest client is a science company, and then my next client is a, a cremation company. And let me tell you about the death care industry. There's a lot. They have their own trade shows. They have their own podcasts. It's really, it's a different world. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I heard what you said. Death, death, de- death care. Oh, death care. Wow. Yeah, like cremation, urns, funeral, parlors, um, mm-hmm. 
writing obituaries. Wow. <laughs> it's totally like a different, it's like completely opposite of like building websites. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, but my, my experience with being a widow, right. Mm -hmm. And writing about life insurance and understanding life insurance. And one of my clients, uh, we write up for baby boomers and it's just like, that's all stuff that I've been through. I understand Medicare. I understand what they cover and what they don't. And so wow. it's like, as I've yeah. aged and experienced life, people have gravita gravitated toward me because of my personal story. And yeah. I feel like p part of what I'm extracting out is like, live your life in a truest way to yourself and then allow that to attract the ideal customer for you. Yeah. I love that. You're that's, so awesome. That's amazing. No, you. Ah, love it to the moon and back, Carol. <laughs> to you, for sure. So how do people find you um, on the internet or how do you want them to find you? Do you want them to well, find I, you? <laughs> actually, I'm so busy right now. I got even busier during the pandemic. And, you know, for a lot of people, for a lot of businesses, they their businesses slow down. So I feel very blessed that um, my business is really booming. Um, so... I'm not really taking new clients right now, but who knows? Do you want <laughs> them to, to read your blog? Yeah, I would love people to read my blog. And that is getting more personal, too. Um, so I'll probably be writing about some of these things that we talked about today on uh, a blog post in the future, because I'm, I'm still continuing, you know, once a week to, be, to create some kind of a post. Awesome. So do you want to tell people that website address? Oh, it's YourSocialMediaWorks.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, <laughs> Carol. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Is, it, is that it? Yeah, I'm going to press the outro. Whew. Don't hang up yet. Okay. Thanks for listening to Launch With Words, a podcast by BridgetWiller.com. If you like this podcast, why not go ahead and share it with your friends? small business owners, peers, your brother. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate your attention. If you have any ideas, contact me on my website. Follow me at Bridget M. Willard on Twitter. And I hope to see you on the next episode or the next season.